0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes.
1: Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Darren Schenk. Darren is a former pro racquetball player, now coaching racquetball, fly fishing, and the VP of sales for Triage Now. Welcome, Darren. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for having me.
1: I am very interested in this topic. Uh, but before we jump into it, can you share a little bit about your background with the listeners?
0: Sure. Um, for a large chunk of my adult life, I, I got the opportunity to pursue a, uh, a professional sport, um, not a top tier sport like football or, or baseball or something like that. But I was a professional racquetball player. Um, I, growing up as a kid, as a teenager, that was the one thing I was sure that I wanted to do. I didn't have any aspirations uh, academically to be an architect or go into finance or something like that. Um, but I knew athletically that I had a window of time to pursue something, and uh, I I got exposed to racquetball pretty early on in my teen years, and uh, I was the uh, there isn't a prototype body for that. Um, if you're if you're a <laughs> tennis player, you need to be tall, right? That's kind of a given, and uh-huh. so. I'm not a tall guy, but uh, I'm fast, and I uh, have some, you know, other attributes that lend itself well to racquetball, and so I progressed through that pretty quickly. Generally speaking, and uh, when I was t- turned 24, I, I turned professional and played on the pro racquetball tour for for six years. Um, that uh, was about 22 to 25 events a year around the U S with a couple of events sprinkled in Canada and Mexico and achieved a top, uh, top 20 ranking in the world for three of those six years and, uh, enjoyed it a lot. I got to travel all over the U S and, and as I said, to was in Montreal and some other places in Canada and some, some really nice places in Mexico as well. And, um, it was the best personal growth vehicle that I could have had at that time in my life. Fast forward a little bit. Um, when I turned thirty, I finally decided to retire and get a real job, and so <laughs> I've I've always gravitated towards sales. Um, I did end up going back to school through uh, University of Phoenix and finishing and you know getting a degree in, in business marketing. So that lended itself well to my to my sales career and did everything from medical uh, was a medical sales rep for Johnson and Johnson in their orthopedics uh, and trauma division. Um, did that for th- about three years and, uh, also was in the corporate relocation space for a little while. And now my day job, uh, I am in the telephonic nurse triage business. So I am the VP of sales for triage now, which is a, uh, company that's about eight years old. I've been there since day one. We were not first to market that, that type of industry has been around for about 20 years. We came along and kind of made the 2.0 version of, of that process And so we have a twofold purpose, which is to guide injured employees to the appropriate level of care, while also having positive benefits financially and other reasons for the employer as well. And so I sell that service nationwide. And I'm happy to have a client base of uh, very recognizable names such as Liberty Mutual and Goodyear Tire and General Mills and American Red Cross. But I'm also happy that we continue to work with very small companies and offer the benefits that we bring to the table to everybody, not just the Fortune 500 crowd.
1: Nice. So that background actually perfectly leads us into our topic of today. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, tell us about why we should not make a job out of our passion.
0: Well, I I learned this the hard way. And I that's the thing I'm trying to make sure that people understand is that um, we all hear the same advice all the time. If you find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Well, if you've done anything on the entrepreneurial side of the fence, you certainly know that's not true, right? You're basically signing up, signing your <laughs> yeah. life away to work all the time, to never have, you know, there is no off switch when you're an entrepreneur. And so while for some people, uh, like my boss, that's that is absolutely how he functions best and what he needs. For me, I have a more I have a need for a more diverse approach uh to my daily and weekly life. Um I being a competitive athlete for as long as I was, I definitely understand the need for 100% focus on something to achieve the absolute best out of it, but the downside of my approach in my athletic career was that I I I did that to the point where I burned out after six years of it. And not wanting to replicate that in my professional life, I try to keep my day job and my hobbies separate. So while I do love my job and I love my company and the people that I work work with, um, I definitely clock out on Friday at 5 o'clock and I clock back in on Monday. And I don't have the burden of, of having that omnipresent in my life all day, every day. When I played racquetball, that's all I ever did. It's all I ever thought about. It's all I, everything I did was preparation for the next tournament that I was, or the competitive event I was going to. And in between tournaments, I was teaching lessons and running racquetball leagues and things like that, trying to scrounge out a living. And I, unfortunately, much later on in life, found the key approach that I should have taken. And if I would have been a profess, if I would have been a professional racquetball player who in his day job was a fireman, that would have been the perfect complement to what I was trying to achieve athletically. If I would have had a solid day job that paid the bills, um, firemen work long shifts. So they end up working 10 days a month and have the rest of the month off. Uh, there are opportunities to even work out while you're on the clock I could have easily traded shifts with people when I needed to travel to an event. I wouldn't have had to eat macaroni and cheese three days a week to uh, <laughs> uh, supplement my, uh, or that was, the, that was the result of my lifestyle, trying to scratch out a living solely being a racquetball guy. And that shortened my competitive career, I'm sure. Um, it led to burnout. And uh, at age 30, I was done competitively. Um, luckily for me, I segued into coaching after that. And that's how I'm still involved in the game. But something that was an absolute driving passion for 15 years of my life uh, got to be something that I couldn't stomach one more day on the court of. And like I said, I don't want to replicate that in my professional life as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I I like how you say that because I've heard... Well, first of all, I've heard what is the... I mean, the stats are astounding. Like 50% of small businesses fail in the first few years. Yep. <laughs> and I've also heard from fellow entrepreneurs and former entrepreneurs that they decided to make their passion what they do for life. And then all of a sudden it, it wasn't their passion anymore because it was work.
0: <laughs> yes. It's a tough balance to strike because a lot of entrepreneurs really don't like the idea of working for someone else, but the, the sacrifice of you being the, the the bus driver, so to speak, um, is 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 much higher than a lot of people realize. And I was fortunate this year, as I've ventured farther into public speaking, uh, that I didn't decide to quit my day job and pursue that full time. I have the opportunity to speak at some of the universities here in Arizona, and i'm and I'm expanding my audience uh, outward from there. and I, I do some speaking here in in this within the state. And again, expanding that as well. But um, this would have been a very difficult year to make a living as a speaker, even if you were already established, let alone somebody new trying to break into those circles. So I fully intend to keep my day job uh, and my passion of being a public speaker and maybe doing some one-on-one consulting stuff completely separate from that.
1: So it sounds like there's actually a little bit of advice here. So what what do you what advice do you have for that individual that they're they're not happy in their day job right now and they're really thinking about pursuing their passion?
0: Well, uh again, my methodology isn't correct. It's just it's just my thoughts, right? Yeah. I experienced this directly. So my I lean heavily towards um, keeping your passions and your job or whatever it is that pays the bills separate. Um, that doesn't necessarily work for everybody. But I would highly recommend that people really spend some time with people who run small businesses or are entrepreneurs and trying to get something off the ground and really understand if that's the direction that you want to go, what you're truly getting into everybody who writes out a spreadsheet and puts numbers on a page and says, okay, well, here's my projected revenue. We'll be profitable in 18 months, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's, that doesn't always work. So if it yeah. doesn't now, what, and some people will tell you, you've got to go all in. It's the only hope you have of making it. Uh, you know, the the problem is there's a ton of pressure with that. And so, First of all, you know, really do your homework on, is that the right path for you? Secondarily, can you do something else that gives you a safety net while you get this, uh, this other venture up and running? And then when that gets close to or eclipses financially what your day job does, or at least covers the things that you need to have covered on a monthly basis, and then you can continue to build from there, that, in my opinion, is the time to make the switch.
1: Yeah. Or, or it's it also sounds like maybe if, if you're not happy with your job now, find a job that you may not necessarily like, but it has a flexibility to allow you to try out different things while you still have a safety net.
0: Uh it, yeah, with with a little, you know, obviously that's it's it with context it would be easier to advise a specific individual instead of, you know, giving blanket information, but Oh yeah. For example, if you I have a friend a, a very good friend who's an architect and he went back to school to be an architect. That's what he does and has done for the last fifteen years. Well, he's pretty sick of being an architect at this point. Luckily <laughs> for him, he has the personality and now he has the the uh, industry background to transition into a sales role with that same company. But that's rare. A lot of times, if you have a specialty degree or experience, um, you're kind of locked into that stuff. So. The the I guess the, the big picture question is, what would make you happy? Do you want more time? Do you need more money? Do you need both? Can you sacrifice time for money? Those types of questions for me have always been kind of front and center. I'm willing to sacrifice money for time. As I mentioned, I, I love to fly fish. Uh, I coach the ASU racquetball team. Um, That's been a big passion of mine for the past 14 years. And so those are things that are completely outside of work that, that do, I have to allocate time for each week and don't, uh, don't generate any revenue whatsoever. The coaching job is a volunteer gig. So, uh, but it's one of the most personally rewarding things I've ever done. So I will sacrifice a little time away from work where I am not, you know, doing my sales job and, and generating revenue, which generates commissions, I will shave a couple of hours a week away from that to allocate it to something that I absolutely love and, and personally fulfills me more than pretty much anything else I do. Again, that's my approach, uh, but I yeah. think enough people explore that fully before they make a decision on, okay, well, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to start my own company and make more, make more money and be able to either sell it and have a successful exit or just run the company and get it to the point where it can kind of run itself and I can come and go as I please. For, for lots yeah. of people, that's the goal.
1: Yeah. Well, I like that you are presenting a, a different perspective because so often, you know, we hear it's oh, we have to go and and make more money and and we can become millionaires and stuff but <laughs> it may not be it may not be rewarding and it's it could it's like winning the lottery too, right? So
0: Right. Well, yeah. I'm I am I'm I'm a, a definitely a contrarian in a in a bunch of ways. Um and one of the things that when I when I talk to the university students Uh, something that I throw out there that they, I can tell by the look on their faces, they've never heard this before. I I actually recommend that they live their life backwards. You're going to graduate from a prestigious university. You have a resume that says you're ready for the real world. Get a job, save up some money, take a year off and travel the world. Pretend you're retired now while you're young and healthy and can do crazy things and, and, uh, you know, financially recover from a year away from from the business world and things like that. Um, that those things are so personally uh, important for for your overall view of the world and and your opinions and things like that. Um, and yet, everybody thinks that you know you you go to co- you go to high school, you go to college, you get a good job, you're there for a long time, you retire, and then you you know relax and live your life and there's no guarantees. I mean, I, I, unfortunately I have a personal reminder of this. Um, in 2015, I was in a, a head on collision with a wrong way drunk driver and Ooh. I walked away from that act, that, that crash, uh, with literally a, only a scar on the back of my left hand. And it's a small, wow. however, it was a real clear and present reminder that there, that tomorrow is promised to no one. I was on my way to go fly fishing with my dad. Luckily he was not in the car. Uh, I was meeting him somewhere and it happened five o'clock in the morning in the middle of nowhere uh, in a construction zone where I had nowhere to maneuver around this person that was down to one lane. And I came to, I went from 70 miles an hour to a dead stop just like that. Wow! And the, it took the ambulance 45 minutes to get there. So I had lots of time to think about how, how lucky I was to have walked away from this. And it really kind of was, I, in some ways it was a, a good reset for me because I had always wanted to pursue public speaking and I, and I never took any action to do so. And that was kind of the catalyst for me to put that into play. Um, and it's, it's sad that, I, you know, that I needed something that drastic, uh, and, uh, potentially life altering to, to, to snap me out of my complacency and stop taking things for granted and think that I have ample time to do all the things that I've wanted to do. And it forced some action. And so I, I try to take that as a positive takeaway from, from that particular incident.
1: Uh, life is short, yes. right? W- what is fulfilling? What is fulfilling to me? And how can I at least just make enough money to support the fulfilling life that I want?
0: (laughs) Well, the social media and the internet, you know, to some degree ruins all of us with the highlight reel that we all project to the world, right? Oh, Um, yeah. It's, it's, I I don't know if you've watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma, but I'm telling everybody about it because we are far more manipulated by that than we realize. and. And that's something I speak strongly about in the, in the universities as well, is that you know, th- that's not the measuring stick, right? The picture of somebody yeah. uh, partying in Ibiza or um, sitting on the back of a yacht smoking a cigar. You know. Well, here's a perfect example. I have a friend who owns a private jet company here in Scottsdale. And they literally had to hire security to keep people from jumping the fence to take selfies in front of a private jet uh, like they had <laughs> just walked off the jet. Uh-huh. He has to have people full time that keep the keep people from doing that, right? That's crazy, because yeah. if you weren't on the private jet. You just want to give the the illusion that you were. And yeah. if we use that as a measuring stick for happiness and success, we're all doomed. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> w- what I try to make people understand is, look, you, you we all have bills to pay. So w- above and beyond that and preparing for the future, of course, what, what do you really need to be happy? Because, you know, having a five bedroom house with, uh, with one child and you and your spouse in the house is probably really overkill, right? And so why are you spending that much on your mortgage when you could downsize, put that money into your child's college fund or a vacation fund or whatever you decide, or you as a family take three trips a year instead of one Whatever it is that brings joy and experiences to your life is far more in, uh, beneficial in the long run than you adding dollar, uh, dollar signs in your, in your checkbook, right? It's just, uh, it takes a while for people to learn that, but hopefully most of us eventually figure that out. And so I'm just trying to help people do it sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. I love that mission. So speaking of social media. <laughs> What are some ways that uh, people can learn more about you?
0: Oh, thanks. So I, I write a blog. Um, I, <laughs> it's uh, kind of therapeutic in some ways, but it's some I, I tackle a bunch of different topics. I'm I'm a, a generalist, I guess you could say. I, I write about everything from you know current events to um, some of my topics are you know s- sales tips and tricks. Or I had an experience with one of my athletes, and you know here here's a a quick synopsis of what the, the takeaway lessons were, whatever it may be. Um, so that is called darrenchatter.com. Um, and then on social media, on Twitter and um, LinkedIn and Instagram, it's also uh, Darren Chatter. And that's D-A-R-R-I-N-C-H-A-T-T-E-R. And I'm, you know, I, I don't, share every single facet of my life. I'm picking and choosing things that I think are helpful or inspirational in some ways. Uh, I do push out notices about a new blog being up and things like that. Uh, so it's not the, uh, it's not the, the behind the scenes version of my life that some people do where the cameras run in 24 um, oh, seven. goodness! But, uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, even some of my workout stuff, you know, my wife and I do a lot of stuff outdoors. And so, will record us, you know, running up and down hills at the park or something like that with just a little message of, Hey, you know, get off the couch and go do it. You'll feel much better kind of a thing. That's kind of how I utilize social media.
1: Nice. So no private jet photos. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: So what final piece of advice do you have for our listeners today? Um, without a doubt, find what makes you happy and build a life around that. I had some great life advice imparted to me a little while ago that I that I share as often as I can, and that is decide the lifestyle that you want to lead, and then find a career that facilitates that lifestyle, not the other way around. Everybody uh, does it the other way around, where they go to school, they go out into the business world, they they end up in a job that they were shooting for to in terms of. You know, position and money and things like that. And now they're trying to build their lifestyle around that. The person who gave me that advice, his goal was to ski no less than six weeks a year. So he went to dental school, and when he's skiing, he has uh, hygienists who are running the chairs and doing the general cleanings and stuff like that. So the business is still functioning just fine without him anytime he chooses to be gone. his uh, His name's Jim. He is uh, 70 this year. Wow. He has only missed two years in his professional career where he did not ski six weeks a year. One, he got injured in the first week of ski season, and the other time he had pneumonia. Other than that, he has met that life goal of skiing six weeks a year, every year for his 50 years as a, as a dentist. Wow. So that's, a, to me, that's the perfect model, model to follow, right? Figure out how you want to l- live your life so that you're the happiest and then create a career that would facilitate that.
1: I love it. Oh, thank you so much for jo- joining us today, Darren.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: If you'd like to learn more about Darren, visit his website at darrenchatter.com. Is it possible to have fun while developing yourself? Take a look at Christina's latest book, Life is an Escape Room, to see how the lessons learned through escape rooms apply to achieving more in life. Visit lifeisanescaperoom.com for more information.